Hey, hey friends, friends, it's Davion, it's Bruce, and, and this, this is, is, oh, that's, that's my, my gay, gay friend. friend, episode number 40, hey you guys, it is our 40th episode, hey husband, how are you? I'm good husband, how are you? I'm great, blessed and highly favored. Amen and amen, wow, it's 40. It is 40. Welcome friends to another one, one, the blue, 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 boop, 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 bop, bop, bop. Ba -ba 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 -ba. Welcome, friends, to another <laughs> wonderful episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend, brought to you by McDonald's. Ba -ba 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 -ba. I'm loving it. All right. This is 40. Let's get this, this going. Is you guys know when it was your 40th birthday, you had to turn up all the way. So you guys go ahead and gather your cocktail, and we will tell you our libation selection for tonight while we discuss and disseminate our week that we had. So... Husband, what is your libation selection for tonight? Some wine? I I don't even know. It's like lemon. It's nasty, <laughs> but it's serving a purpose. <laughs> it tastes like. Are you not feeling the lemon, lemon lime? Lemonade? Uh, power eight. Oh, that's what it is. Lemon, lemon lime. lime. Yeah, it's lemon lime. Yeah. It's yeah. like some lemon lime wine. Lemon lime wine from I want to say what's the brand that all the black ladies drink? Of? Uh. Stella Rosa. There we go. It's some Stella. There we so, go. So yeah, it was down in the cellar. We had to pull it out to see what it's about. So and now I know. Now you, now you know with the lemon line. What it is about? What are you? Not drinking? a fan. Not a fan. Okay. Well, I am having a bourbon. So yes, a nice old fashioned. It's nice old to the fashion. So okay. let's go ahead and raise these glasses for a wonderful episode. Let's go clink, 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 clink. All right. Woo. Yep, still gross. What about yours? <laughs> it's tasty. It is definitely tasty. <laughs> it's very pretty. You've got what's that cherry yeah, and some cherries things going on. Yeah, it's a yeah. it's a nice mix. It's, it's a nice mix together. Best. So, all right, friends, I hope you had your libation. We cheers. And so let's get right into how our week looked like. So, babe, how was your week? My week was very low key, very chill. It was very wet. I can say that. Yes. It's raining in Los Angeles. How, which way? How did you get wet? Uh, from rainfall in Los Angeles. <laughs> it has been uh, torrential. Um, but other than that, yeah, the week has been very subdue which is a nice change from like the past from last last week right um so yeah it was a nice it was a nice balance how was yours it was very low-key um i will say that you know work had been working as it normally does and had some good workouts trying some new stuff and trying new things so that's always exciting yeah. but far as the weekend we really like super chilled we chilled out. Um, we had some quality time with uh, my play sisters, the twins. Mm -hmm. So, shout out to Rashida and Keisha, you know, and thank you, and Miss Bailey. Um, she spent some time with her cousins, Zoe and Duncan. So, we yeah. had the pups all together. Play date. It was a play date, and it was very interesting how our conversation went to our kids, like 95% of the well, time. Well, that's, usually, that's <laughs> usually how it goes when you're around, you know, when you have actual 
living human being children and you're around other parents that's all you talk about when you are a dog parent and you're around other dog parents that's all you talk about yeah but i was like okay uh can we keep the focus on us and and the exciting and new things that we're doing you know so it's cool to talk about the kids but you know i'm just looking at not letting the kids be the entire focal point mm-hmm. when we as they are in this conversation together. right now <laughs> i'm just mentioning to the people you know we have some friends who may do the same things or may feel the oh, way I feel. Do. Totally. Or they also may feel the way I feel. Also like, yeah, I'm tired of you talking about your damn kids all the goddamn time. You know, so it works both ways. So we just wanted to kind of shed light to that. And you also made something this weekend that you were so adamant and so passionate about and let the people know what did you do, but fuck up a lasagna. That's what I did. <laughs> So I've made this. I I love lasagna. I've always loved lasagna. Growing up, it was my shit. Call me Garfield. But I found a recipe uh, for lasagna that is not like the typical, you know, tomato sauce, like you know, cheddar cheese type. Oh, it's fancy. Uh, lasagna that you would grow up. You know, your mama grew up making. It's not like that lasagna. Um, it is, you know, a, a bit fancier um, with different kind of ingredients. And I made it before um, and you tasted it and you're like, oh, yeah, this is good. And I really cr- was craving it. I don't make it all the time because it's just so it's literally just cheese and fucking pasta like that. Amazing. Is not conducive. That sounds amazing. That's- no, it sounds it is amazing. It's just not conducive to, you know, trying to be healthy. So that's why I don't regularly make it. And I was craving it around my birthday, but of course I wasn't eating <laughs> leading up to my birthday because, you know, of the drag experience. And then I had, you know, trips and stuff after that. So this past Sunday after my improv class, I was like, I'm fucking making this lasagna. I got all the ingredients before my class. I was like, I came home. I was like, this is what I'm about to do. Chill out. I don't need help. Baby, you was in a whole mood. You had Beyonce playing this I shit. I was on a mission. <laughs> I was ready. And, um, yeah. The lasagna, it came out great. Let me finish. <laughs> the lasagna didn't come out the way that it has before. I will say that. Was it edible? Absolutely. Was it even tasty? Yes. But you know when you have a craving for something and you know how it's supposed to taste right. and it doesn't come out like that, it I was just pissed and over it. One, one because I, the shells, I got the um, ready-baked kind, the lasagna, you know, like the top layer, it didn't, it was still a little crunchy. It was way past... Uh, way before al dente so i had to put it back in the oven when i put it back in the oven the parmesan cheese on top dried out and turned into this like hard crust it was just not and you being the uh, you know supportive husband that you are you just kept telling me how good it was and i honestly just wanted to throw that shit away because <laughs> i was no so it was pissed. still good because even with the shell being the cousin of al dente what have you what you said it was still had a nice flavor. Everything was still working very well. Yeah. It just, I don't see, I as a cook, I understand your plight because you have a vision. You want it to execute the same way. 
And so and especially I think when you have a taste. So when you know the taste and you can taste the taste. Yeah, when you have the taste, you know what it's supposed to taste like and you and you just envision this and you've been preparing for it and you set the entire tone of the house for it and you were like, This is a Sunday dinner, this is going to be the staple. And to me it wasn't a flop. It was a great meal. It was really good. <laughs> and on top of that, I made it to enjoy watching the Oscars with it. And it was like, that was a fucking flop too. <laughs> Justice for Angela. <laughs> Angela Bassett still did the thing. It, yes, we did watch the Oscars and some people were upset about the situation. You know, Queen Mother is Queen Mother. And do I think she was robbed? I never seen the movie every time, everywhere, when in doubt, in your window, whatever. Everything, everywhere, all at once. There you go. And so I'm a big Jimmy Lee Curtis fan, although I've never I seen mean, the actual Halloween, Halloween. But I think that, you know, she was deserving of it for people thought she was deserving of it for whatever reason. I know there was an upset because Miss Miss Queen Angela had been winning so many awards prior to everything. Mm-hmm. And Maybe you can explain to the people how Jamie became the owner of the Oscar. <laughs> of the actual Oscar. <laughs> right. Um, well, I'll keep it brief, but leading up to the Oscars, it is the last award show of what they call uh, award season. So that is a plethora of award shows honoring television and movies. Now, you have to actually campaign for the Oscars. So like, like how governors campaign yes. for it? Oh wow, okay. Like elections, you have to go out, kiss babies, be seen. You have to go on the talk show circuit. You have to uh, do a bunch of different type of interviews. And mainly you have to go to all of the other award shows that you may be nominated for leading up to the Oscars and really your mission is to leave a lasting impression to make one people want to see the move that you're in and two want to vote for you. Okay. So that's what Jamie Lee did impeccably this Oscar, this award season. One, everyone went into this award season have already have seen Black Panther. Like they saw Angela do her thing. She was considered a front runner and won a lot of awards. But with that being said, she, Angela wasn't really hustling and like putting her face out there okay. towards the end of award season. Cause it was kind of already like, okay, this is a shoe and this is a lock. It's gonna be hers. Um, especially because it was a very popular movie. People already saw it. Right. Everywhere, everything, everywhere, all at once. It's been out for a little over a year. It debuted at South by Southwest last year and it started picking up a lot of momentum from just being like just the movie itself. Like a lot of people start saying, okay, this is like the actual movie to watch. So going into award season, excuse me, uh, that particular movie was on the front of everyone's minds mixed with Jamie Lee being seen at every award show, just her extremely charming self rooting for uh, Michelle Yeoh, the best actress winner. Right, the Asian woman. Yeah. Yes. Literally rooting her on more than herself. Oh, wow. Okay. So that was all taken in con- into consideration mixed with 
her just being so damn. <laughs> I mean, that's activity. Listen, that's we all yeah. have eaten activity. Okay, we, our digestive system is better because of Jamie Lee Curtis. Let's keep it real. And and the thing is, so with both of these performances, Jamie Lee's and Angela Bassett's, they would have both been considered because it was between the two of them, honestly. And regardless of who won, that would have been considered a career spanning Oscar. Like those women would have gotten their Oscars for their body of work, not just for the specific role, okay. which typically is done at the Oscars a lot, way more than it should be. Um, you, uh, an actor or an actress will get an Oscar that year, probably not for their best work that they've done, and they probably have been nominated in the past for much better performances and lost, but the Oscars are like, okay, this is like, a lot of the voters tend to think, okay, this is going to be their last opportunity to either be nominated or they deserve it, so let's just give it to them. So John Q. Public, me, would not know that information. That's something that's an insider type of deal or what? Just, it, it, yeah, if you're a fan of the Oscars and you've seen like the patterns, it's okay. something that you've picked up on. Okay. Um, a good example of it is, well, this year with Jamie Lee Curtis. She, if you've seen the movie Everywhere, Everything Everywhere All at Once, she's not the only supporting actress in it. Uh, Stephanie Hsu was also, who was also nominated. Right, she was nominated. She was the best supporting actress, in my opinion, of the entire award season. She should have, if it was just based on this year's performance, she technically should have gotten the award. Over Angela, in my opinion. Her performance in every, yes, that movie, to me, surpasses Angela's in Black Panther. Wow. Okay. Because she is that fucking amazing. But, of course, because Angela deserved the Oscar for What's Love Got to Do With It almost 30 years ago. Right. A lot of people is like, okay, she deserves an She deserves to just have an Oscar, period. So that's why she went into this being a front runner. But also a lot of people felt the same way about Jamie because, you know, she's been acting since fucking Ice Age, the Ice Age. This sounds very reminiscent of 2016 when there was a certain person running for president of the United States and someone else and people just all the front runner and the other person just wasn't campaigning enough or had people hating against them. So it sounds like this was an It's upset. all politics. It's all politics. Oscars and is all about politics. It's very, very rarely about the actual performance. Okay. It's very rare that, you know, the person that acted their ass off gets the Oscar. I will say in this case, her best actress, Michelle Yeoh, this was the case because she was phenomenal in that movie. So she actually truly deserved it. She just so happens to be Asian. And this was, her, you know, the first Asian woman. Shout out to the Asian community and, and the win. That's very good for her. I was happy for her. Mm -hmm. That shows representation. That shows that how far... It matters, baby. It matters. The fact that it's been 95 years and no Asian... American Asian or um, descendant has won. Two women of color that have won the best actress in 95 years. And they were both on the stage on Sunday night, Hallie and Michelle. So. That is very. Wow. Yeah. That says a lot about our times, man. It says a lot about our times. And so, you know, Queen Mother was sitting there and. After she did not win, and Jamie was completely surprised and gave acknowledgement to, I think, everyone. I think Jamie's speech was well... That was beautiful. Together, yeah. Put together, and it was excellent. Jamie. And 
Queen Mother was hot, visibly upset. You can tell she was shocked. I'll say that. I'm not going to say upset. But what I love when they came back and Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan or Majors. John. Jonathan Majors. Yes, Majors. Came out on stage and they just did the cutest thing. And it was kind of, I don't want to say a whistleblower because we use that for the white racist people. But it was so, it was, it was, if you knew that you knew. When he was like, hey, auntie. Yeah, an Easter egg. He was like, hey, auntie, we see you. Hey, auntie. And then Jonathan was like, we see you. We love you. Yeah. And it was just like, all right. That makes up for a lot, you know. Hopefully, I hope that she embraced that moment of, of receiving that acknowledgement from these two black men who are right now the height of the Hollywood culture and film right now. Like, the hottest thing happening. Oh, yeah. I mean, Angela, and I think that's the reason why she reacted the way that she did when Jamie's name was called. Because she knew it was her award to lose. She knew that she deserves, she knows that she deserves it. But I also feel a lot of the voters may have went towards Jamie because, let's be honest, out of those two actresses, who has an actual chance to be back up there nominated again? Well, I mean, let's not take nothing away from Jamie, right? I mean, yes, she's been doing Halloween movies since Jesus Walked the Earth, but she's done some other great things also. And, And now with this this project that she did everywhere, all at once, all together in the orgy, like she has shown herself a, a, another way at a later time in life. Like I don't don't count me out. So oh yeah, totally. And listen, I think that Angela will definitely have another opportunity. I mean, you know, her she's still young, still viable, and she has the chops. She has the chops. So, you know. The Oscars were upset for some people. Yeah, and to my point, I think that's why a lot of people voted for Jamie because they're like Angela. She'll be she'll, she'll be, be there back again. up here. She'll but then it's like we here. can't really count. You know what I'm saying? You can't really count on that. Like let's say she was like, you know what? I'm done with this industry. I'm and tomorrow's my last day. You know, I'm checking out. Oh yeah, which sucks. Which is why she would have gotten my vote. Yeah. So, but friends, let us know how you feel about that on oh that's my gay friend IG page. If you did watch the Oscars, let us know who who were your who were you rooting for? Who were your upsets? And if you agree with our decisions that our opinions right now. So, so yeah, so that happened. And then also daylight saving time has happened, which I love. It's great. And apparently, I don't know if it's true for lie, but they said it's now forever. We won't be going back to, um, spring and back, uh, spring, spring ahead, fall back. Fall, yeah, we will no longer be falling back, which I'm all for because it's so fucking depressing. I hate when it's the coldest months of the year. It's also the darkest, and I'm ready for like a holiday season where it's not like pitch black at 4 p.m. But that would be so weird because our entire lives we have known daylight saving time and you know fall back for fall, and it actually changed. I want to I'm gonna get the year wrong. I want to say 1962 or 65, and they did it because of some economic situation with power and all type of things and the at farmers, that time. I think. Yeah. Say it again. I was saying with the farmers, it has to be something. Yeah, something with that. So, you know, that's what it came about. But a lot of us, again, we that's all we know. So that that would be very weird this year if we do not fall back, you know. So just having that. But also, listen, I'm here for it. You get to get your day done sooner from work. You also have more time to play and do things in the daytime. So it's all amazing. So we just wanted to acknowledge Miss Daylight Saving Time and all she does for the people. Can I get an amen? 
Amen. All right. So moving on to some happier news. We are really happy. I'm personally happy about this next story I'm about to bring up. My girl, my ace. I can't say boom, cool, because I want to get canceled. But my Lolo, Lindsay Lohan, has announced she is pregnant. I'm here for that. Let's give Lindsay a round of applause. A round of applause. Like, Lindsay, to me, was the 2000 girl. She was the eight girl. Mean Girls, one of my favorite fucking movies. I mean, who else did love Lindsay? Um, Double Trouble, uh, twin movie. Freaky Friday. Freaky Friday. Uh, Kirby? Irby? Uh, Herbie the love bug. Love bug. You know, she has a lot under her belt. And she was a party girl. That's, we all know the infamous her, Britney Spears, and Paris Hilton have been doing a lot. They did a lot in their, their young days, as they should have. And so now she's turned the corner. She's, you know, redeemed herself. Oprah gave her a shot. You know, she had some troubles, but she found herself. And now she's about to become a mother. And what I really loved was once she post on her IG it was a caption of a, a baby onesie it said um, either welcome or somebody's coming coming soon it said coming mm, soon mm. and Paris shot her out and mentioned was like welcome to mommyhood I, th- I just thought that was a full circuit moment like at some point in your life you have these full circuit moments where you realize I'm an actual fool as adult you know and so I'm just so happy that she's lived life uh, you know people clowns her what, what have you but she's came full circle around for herself and she will be a great mom and you know and it's not easy growing up in hollywood being a child actor and being in the spotlight and let's be hip let's be real her song rumors is my shit i still bump this to today in my car let's go. go so what do you think about Lindsay? congrats <laughs> like I really, I I mean, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> like, listen, I saw this story. I was like, I have to do this story because I love Lindsay Lohan. I think she is a fiery, fiery redhead. I'm not gonna say the G word because I don't want to be offensive to redheads out there in the world. But she's one of my favorite redheads out there. So, there Lindsay, if you listen, congratulations. Another story that I'm completely excited about. I think a lot of you people who identify as LGBTQIA who were watching TV in the 90s, early 2000s, you, we saw a, a representation for the first time. This show was so iconic, moving the gold line forward for uh, closer for our movement. Will and Grace, mm. there would be a podcast hosted by Eric McCormick and Sean Hayes and the show of the, the name of the podcast is going to be Just Jack and Will. I think that's brilliant. It's excellent, right? And on the show, it'll be them watching and just commenting. So on the episode. premise is they're going to be watching from episode season one, episode one, going through every single episode and all the seasons. And back then, their catalog was like 20 episodes per season. Oh, no, that was like a, a full run. Yeah, a full run sitcom. And they want the viewers on Sean Haynes' um, IG page, they put the promotion up and they're like, they want people to call right now the telephone number they have advertised or send an email. And whatever question you have, they're going to, you know, formulate the show around that. But they're going to go episode by episode. I think give the BTS behind it and talk about where they were, you know, and I think that's an amazing thing. Like, I'm tuning in for that for sure. 
Oh, I think that's brilliant. I wish more popular shows did that. I know that there's been a few uh, shows that have actually had some of their stars like rewatch it. Like I know there's New Girl, uh, Gossip Girl, like shit like that. But you know, actual iconic television shows like Will and Grace, and there are a few others I think should do this. I think that's I think it's perfect, especially once they get to the seasons where they had a lot of uh, guest stars come on, like yeah. Madonna, Britney Spears. Like I'm, I would love to hear the stories behind some of those cameos. Oh my God. I want the dirt between Karen and, and Grace, but I can't think of the actress's real names. Um, Megan Milano and, oh God, what's her name? Deborah Messing. Deborah Messing. Thank you. At some point, they started to dislike each other. So I want to know the tea about that. I hope they go into that whole situation. I mean, I doubt it, but one can hope. <laughs> right, listen, just just a little, just a small story. Just, you know, on, on this day on the set, and, you know, Deborah wasn't really fucking with Megan. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just want a little insider scoop because I feel like when you watch those episodes, you then keep it like, oh, my God, this is going on. Like, for instance, when we talked about Chandler off for Friends mm. and his book, and we talked about, you mentioned the fact that he... We watch your friends one day. You said, "Oh, this is the time when he was going through the struggle." And it's like, "Wow!" Like to kind of to show that association with this, the artist and the story. This is it's a nice it's a nice personal thing to have watching the show. And it, and it'll be a great way to reintroduce this show to a completely new generation that you know will probably be able to appreciate that moment in time, like that '90s, early 2000s comedy mixed with like the the innuendos and because it was a lot that could be said then that can't be said now and a lot that couldn't be done then that can be done now right so it'll be really interesting to you know reintroduce that show to new and fresh eyes and it was so fast-paced it was the, the the timing like season one was great season two by season three Three to like seven, they found their speed. Oh, no. It was like they were winning all the awards. They were hands down like the best show. So totally here for that. All the stories. And you guys, once we receive an actual date for that, we will let you guys know the release date for the podcast. But yes, Will and Grace podcast is called Just Jack and Will. And they will be hosted by Eric McCormick and Sean Haynes. So stay tuned for that. All right. What's up next on this dock, in my love? Okay, so today I was looking through my Twitters and I responded to some someone inquiring about like astrological signs, and um, they asked what my moon sign was, and I put out Pisces. So another friend of mine actually commented, knowing my birthday because she came to my party. It was like, oh my gosh, so your sun and your moon is in Pisces? Because if you're aware of astrological signs, what we know as like the basic zodiac, like when's your birthday? That is your sun sign. Okay. But you also have a moon sign uh, based on like not only your birth date, but the time that you were born. Oh, wow. And okay. It also goes in depth of, you know, where you were born like the city 
but uh, you have your sun sign, your moon sign, and your rising sign. So Hello, Grand Rising. Yes. And she asked what my rising sign was. And I was like, shit, I don't know. I've always taken pride that I'm a double Pisces because, you know, holler. Um, but I was like, I actually don't know what my rising sign is. So I pulled <laughs> You're out. You're a DP. <laughs> Come uh, on, DP. <laughs> yes. I pulled out my birth certificate. and uh, Oh, that's why it was out. <laughs> yeah. so I was curious, like, why the fuck is this on this desk right now? Okay, got but it. But I also needed my tax information. Got because it. I did my taxes today. <laughs> and it was just so happened to be right there next to my old <laughs> tax document. So I was like, perfect. Um, so I, I put in my information and, <clears throat> and your information. So stay tuned. All right. So my son is in Pisces, which I knew. Uh, the sun represents your life force. It says you want to help others see beyond this reality. Okay. My rising uh, sign is Aquarius. Hey, come on. It says uh, the ascending or, ascending or rising represents how others encounter you and how you present yourself. So that's what your rising sign is, is how others view you. Okay. Um, people see you as social, which is very true. Very true. And also not true at the same time because I'm fucking uh, introverted. And my moon is in Pisces. So the moon represents how you give and receive love. So the sun is who you truly are. Mm -hmm. The rising is how people see you. Okay. And the moon is how you give and show love. So, um, for my moon, it says you need to dream. That's it. That's it. <laughs> you just need to dream. I just need to dream. Um, <laughs> for some love. Uh, but for you. Well, I'll read mine since you, go for you it. gave me mine. So, well, before I go into mine, so that sounds accurate. So go back to your, so your son, go back to your son. Which is Pisces. Pisces, right. Mm-hmm. And tell me one more time, what was the like the the latter part of the of the statement? Uh, you want to help others see beyond this reality. I can definitely see that. Do you? You definitely, yeah, you definitely have a, a skill set to kind of help people see certain things and, and pull things out of people. So I can definitely see that. I agree. And then the second one for your Aquarius, I mean, you know, my rising, your rising. That's actually funny because you are the most introverted extrovert I've ever known in life. I can turn it on baby like, when the lights, he, don't, when the listen, lights hit me y'all don't understand. I think our close friends have heard this, me say this several times before but friends on, on the airways let me let you know. So my husband is very much introverted he can be in the room his own thoughts by himself and be completely fine. Don't talk to nobody he's a-okay. And so but when we go out he's a social butterfly he's, he can talk and but what people don't understand is when we're home, we're about to go to an event or something. He's completely silent, quiet. I'm like, hey, what's up? I'm a, people know me. When, when I read my sign, it all makes sense. So I'm like, hey, blah, blah, blah. What's going on? And he's giving me nothing. He's like, I'm just chilling. And I'm like, oh, you saving your energy. He's like, yes. Because when he goes out, he gets all his energy out. And then we get in the car and it's silent again. I'm like, well, what the fuck? Like, what? Well, where, where am I in this part situation? Because... You give everything to everybody. What, what about me? What about what I need? Like, what about me? You know what I'm saying? So when you give it out to people, and 
I don't get some of it. It's like I get it. I can and I'm making adjustments. I mean, again, 13 years so you know how to you learn how to deal with shit. But it's just funny. Like you are really the most introverted, extroverted person ever. So that's when you said that. That was like spot on. Mm-hmm. And then your moon. your moon is just just the dream. Yes. I just come on, Tatiana Ali. To dream, daydream. Let's go. Um. So yes, on to yours. All right. So you did this for me. You sent it to me. So my son. So I am also a double Aquarius. Well, I'm a double. So I'm a double Aquarius. Shout out January twenty fourth. So it says you know your son represents your fourth life force. So. So mine is, you work to make the world a better place. A group of teenagers perform random acts of kindness. So they gave an example. So I was like, kind of lines up. That's what I kind of do mm-hmm. in real life for work. So my ascending is, which is my rising, is in Virgo, which is very interesting. And so again, it's how others encounter you and how you project yourself. So people see you as a problem solver. And they gave an example, a carpenter restores a historical home in its original glory. So I was like, okay, I've, mm. I definitely see that. I was like, that makes sense. That kind of, that reads. Mm. And so for my moon is also an Aquarius. And it says, you know, how you give and receive love. And for me, this was like, okay, who has been reading my diary. You need socialization. You need to socialize. A retiree that decides to run for public office. So, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, it's very spot on. I think um, with our Zodiacs in general, because you know I've always been uh, a fan of the, uh, of astrology, especially when it comes to us. Right. Uh, you know, in the earlier years, I'll say, well, what's going on? Um, <laughs> like, we are two different people. Um, but no, it is very, yeah, it's, it makes complete sense. And it's very telling of um, who you are. I no, it 100%. Uh, absolutely. Like, I need to be social. Period. The end. There's no explanation behind it. Like when the pandemic happened, I was good for the first six months. I really was. Mm. I was okay. I was like, I understand what's going on. Our nation's in a crisis. The world's in a crisis. There's a deadly virus out there. Stay home. All for one. All this together. Hashtag doing it. Baby, however, after that seventh month, I was like, I need to fucking go see a go-go boy. I need to be in the fucking club. I need to see a stripper. Like I need to be out. <laughs> and this um at that time we were doing house parties and with friends and family and that was cute but I am a very social person I am some say energy stealer I don't say that I think I boost people energy I am so much a person that I can talk to a fly on the wall and be a-okay with that mm-hmm. I can talk to strangers I have no problem with that and it's just part of who I am and it really makes me happy you know to be out to socialize it and do these type of things and I can be somewhere by myself and be a-okay with that. You know, a lot of times people have, I don't say question, but they, they've, off, they've often asked me or, oh, how are you David Young work? Like, oh, you go out to the club and he doesn't go or you go trips and he doesn't go. I was like, because he knows I need to be social. Like, I have to be, if I don't do that, I'm not myself. Like, just like when you have to have your downtime, yeah. 
And that was one thing I remember before, when before you moved in with me, your mom had a conversation with, with us and it was like, I know my son, he was almost in his room for an entire year and didn't speak to us. Like, so she was like, well, how would you react to that? And I, you know, explain just like I explain right now how it was supportive for me as well. And I mean, we made it work, you know? Um, so, you know, they say opposites attract and they really do. And I think that you just have to, you have to have understanding of who you're with to know, okay, like I give you grace, like, but there's also have to make time for the other person as well. When that person is needing something from you. It, you have to know who you're with, but more importantly, you have to know who you are because it will affect you if you don't. Because, <clears throat> excuse me, I did that right into the mic. Um, because <laughs> I do not have FOMO at all. Like, I 0% of it. <laughs> like, I'm never, when I stay at home, I'm never like, damn it, I should have. Like, even if I see Instagram pictures, it's just, I'm like, I'm glad everyone enjoyed themselves. Right. But, you know, and whereas you need to go, like to go out, it's like knowing that I'm not at home, you know, wishing you stay away. And me knowing that you're not out, you know, doing God knows what. It's just us being who we are, yeah. secure in ourselves, and needing what provides, you know, energy and happiness to us separately to come to back together and, you know, give that to Right, but also you have to know the situation of when you have to sacrifice some of your stuff for your partner right like like you know there's time i need to talk i just need to talk and you're like okay like you will come out of your cocoon and, and start talking to me and vice versa where it's time i know that you just need to like have quiet this is so all i'll be like all right i'll go do something else and allow you that space to to do that or when i'm like okay, i need to go out i need to be in the club somewhere you're like okay i'll go with you because it was a time where we were in settings and I like to dance. I like to, you know, I'm a dancer. I like dance, do things, and, and dance on you, and you'll be giving me nothing. I'm like, okay, well, this ain't fucking fun. Like, mm. I can be here by myself, and I would get upset because you weren't giving the reaction I was I was needing. You know mm. what I'm saying? So then we had a conversation, and we're just like, all right, well, great. Well, I'm just gonna tell you, I'm going out. If you want to go, great. If you don't, I'm still going. Mm. And you know, so it worked out. But this was spot on for both of us. So thanks yeah. for. Thank you, Twitter, <laughs> for doing that. I want to know if uh, do we have a link to tell the people they can find out their sunrise, moon, and rising sun? Askastrology.com. All right. That's not a plug, but you know, Ask Astrology, if you, if you are listening to Ask Astrology, you know, go ahead and holler at your boys that, oh, oh, that's my gay friend. So, who had to do an apology and why? So, interestingly enough, <laughs> our favorite panelist on The View, Whoopi Goldberg, had to issue an apology for using the term gypped on the show uh, earlier this week. So, it said that gypsy is commonly, uh, or gypped is commonly used to describe the Romani people, but the term carries many negative connotations and its derivative carries even more. When somebody is gypped, they are, according to Merriam-Webster, defrauded, swindled, and cheated. So it is offensive to the gypsy community, which is 
understandable, but news to me because I actually, I don't, I mean, I've used gypped in the past. Like, oh, I feel gypped. Like if something, you know, falls up short or if I didn't get, you know, all my chains right. or, you know, if I get a shrimp pub boy and I don't have enough shrimp. <laughs> I've right. used the term, damn, I got gypped. But now I'm going to have to. Fine. Okay, but let's, okay. Can, can, we, can, can we have a conversation? Can we talk? Like, this is no Sade, but is the gypsy community, do they even have cell phones to like know that this is what the definition means? Because they always, the ones that I've seen recently, they have the babies on the corner and they say, I don't have any money for milk and all this type of thing. So this is no Sade. I'm just speaking facts. It's not shade if it's true. So. Well, that is a very specific stereotype of the gypsy people. But according to this, gypsy is referred to by the Romani people. So. I'm sure that they probably do. Okay. All right. I, I it just I, I, I can understand it because if, you know, if a white person come is saying, Oh, you reneged on this, we as black people be like, Wait, what? Wait, come wait, what huh? Like, come in, come in. So I can understand where this is coming from. Yeah. I just never thought of it in that in that aspect. Right. I mean it's just like, you know, um some old school terms that we used to you say, um, you know, um I guess uh, the appropriate way I can say it now is uh, Native American giver. Um, but before it was more of a negative type of word that people would yeah, say yeah, before, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know. So I get it. It's just as the time, it's just, it's everyone has the, the right to deserve to be heard and respected and, and not having um, things slain used toward them in a negative light. So. You know, so you guys out there using the word "jip," just make sure that you know um, you don't say it to someone and know what know know that it can be offensive. We'll say that and leave it up there. And there you go. There we go. And now for our final segment, have you ever wondered why you got something for the people? You want to let it let them have it. So listen, I have tell you this story real short, but I wonder why I'm tired of the Karens and the Kevins. Okay. Um, I experienced a Karen this week at work, helping helping the client out, and she flipped on me in two point two seconds, to the point where, had this been outside of a professional setting, someone walking past would have been like, "This man is assaulting this woman because of the way she performed." So, have you ever wondered why Karens and Kevin are still a thing right now? Um, I feel like how we move, we should be more um universal or more uh, sensitive to the way we responded to people and how we are reacting to folks and then today at kevin having to be an older man as well uh tried me in the sauna today you know and i had to respectfully put him in his place so i'm just tired of the karens and the kevins of the world doing things to people and want to become the victim and I'm just tired of it so that's all I got and there you have it there you have it you guys so you guys if you're tired of Karen's and Kevin's hey let us know on the IG page oh that's my gay friend and let us know how they have made you feel recently okay so at this time we're going to take a break and come back with the reality roundup BRB We're back, you guys, with the reality roundup. And first off is Real Housewives of New Jersey. 
So we start off with this. Uh, basically, Rachel is picking up and meeting with Melissa to let her and some of the other people know about the conversation she had with Teresa and Jennifer. So Dolores is throwing her annual charity baseball game. And so the, some couples meet up. So I believe it was Melissa and Joe, um, Rachel and her husband, and also Danielle and her husband. They were meeting up. Yes, they were meeting to up talk about, to do the, some, the, yeah, yeah, before the, the before the baseball game at the batting cages. Yeah. And of course, you know, they start having conversations about different things. And of course, you know, our girl named Jen, Jen name comes up in the conversation and Rachel pretty much tells Melissa that Teresa told her it's easier and better to keep Marge as a friend than an enemy. What yes. did you think about her comments about that? Uh, it's true. I think that a lot of the season so far has been a, a lot of the contention for this season so far has been about preparing the new girls and filling them in on the current bitches. Like a few weeks ago, it was, you know, Jen talking shit about some other bitch to, I think it was um, Rachel or Danielle. But the, the common denominator is all of these women are trying to put the new girls up on game. Right. And the new girls are going back and <laughs> regurgitating exactly <All> what <laughs> these women are telling. Like, I can't them. hold no damn ice water. Um so I just find that I found that interesting. But it it's it's true cuz Marge, you know, she doesn't let things go. Um funnily enough, Marge and Teresa are very similar, but they just are they choose to use different tactics right but they both don't let shit go so i i find it i find it funny what do you think i think um <laughs> was it melissa or jennifer said something jennifer said that thing marge has something on all of them that's why they kind of kiss marge's ass and mm -hmm. don't really hold her feet to the fire when things kind of happen um i agree i agree with you uh that Teresa and marge are cut from the same cloth and it's really kind of just telling and i would i would have said the same shit teresa said like you know it's better to have this person as a friend than the enemy because you know keep your friends close and enemies closer i mean that's just really what the rule is and so because at some point we know there's going to be another blow up between teresa and marge at either this season or somewhere else and i mean hey it is what you it want is. the smoke it is yeah you want the smoke i'm gonna give it to you but if, if my thing is if you want peace and the words that Teresa, you, you want to make peace? We can make peace. But if you want the smoke, we can go there too. So I think that their relationship at this point is let's be peaceful. Let's have a successful season this year. I'm going to keep Louie's name out your mouth. Out my mouth. And, you know, um, you're in love. You're happy. Let's keep it pushing. I think that's Marge's position. And Teresa's like, you know what? You guys use I'm 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 in a new marriage and I'm focusing on my family. So in this particular conversation though with Rachel and Melissa, um after Rachel says what was divulged to her, Melissa calls Teresa fake. Now I'm so sick and tired of their beef. <laughs> like I don't honestly there's like we get it. They do not like each other, they have never liked each other, they will never 
like each other in the future. I need something different. Yeah. <laughs> like I can't I can't go through like 10 more episodes, 11 more episodes of them shading each other but completely being fake in front of each other. <laughs> like we'll talk about it later, but when the baseball game happened and everybody kind of came together like Melissa Joe um, Teresa and her G man. Oh, uh, Louis. Louis. Yeah. And it was like, oh, so everybody love each other now? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> you've never been in a situation with family members where you know you don't really fuck with them, but you have to take a family photo or, or have to engage them at some point or you all in the kitchen and, you know, the dressing is out. It's Thanksgiving. The dressing's out. The potato salad. And you have to play nice because, you know, your elders are in the room. You never had that situation before? No. Okay. If I don't fuck with you, <laughs> I don't fuck with you. Well, kudos <laughs> to you because I know I've been there before. <laughs> <laughs> and so sometimes it's easy to just you know bite your tongue and smile hi how you doing hi oh well that's but nice I, mean, I find it interesting no. in this aspect because there are no elders around they are the elders so that's like i can completely get the other uh, end of the spectrum where it's like you got to keep it cute because you know other family members around it's literally just them it's just the four of them well i think also because it can easily go left and also they were at the charity event right so Everyone knew going into this, you're not going to show ass. Dolores has money to make here. The fans have paid to be here to see you guys. So, like, there's a bigger objective at hand. So, put your shit on the back burner. Let's get this money. Keep it pushing. So. Got it. But, yeah, this episode was mostly about, really, Dolores and the charity game. But prior to that, we check in with Jennifer and Bill. And they go to marriage counseling where... Jen just hauled off and it was a shotgun like she just hauled off on the AK-47 on Bill ass with the therapist like she was so unhinged like she has 10 years of resentment yes. built the fuck up yeah and at this point now she don't give a fuck who knows she has a story to tell but the interesting part Bill just sat there smiling looking at her like so is that how you feel, girl? Oh, like, he's so unbothered. He's so, like, literally, she's going off, and he's just like, blink, blink. He's just looking well, at what her. What can like, you really say? Like, what nothing, can you say? There's nothing that you can say, especially because it's been so long since the indiscretion happened. It's like, okay, I'm sure he's apologized about it nauseum. So it's like, well, what else? There's nothing really that he can do pertaining to that now. I mean, there's no time machine. I just find it interesting that she's making a correlation uh, because it was told to her by Rachel that uh, Jen's youngest daughter told her that she wanted to be a love therapist. Yeah, which is so cute. Which is very cute. Very but cute. Jen kind of started spiraling. I was like, she's never said that. She never said she wanted it. She hasn't told me. She said she wanted to be an actress. Like... Um, so Jen automatically was like, it must be because she found out about her father's uh, cheating on me. And when we fight, she always comes in and says, remember, you guys love each other. So, but I. And she also found out on TikTok. So, the other, so what Jen let the therapist know was that she talked to the oldest daughter and or Bill talked to the oldest son. Jen talked to the oldest daughter to let them know, like, you know, mommy, daddy did something bad to mommy, right? Mm -hmm. They can kind of process this, but yeah. her younger daughter found out on TikTok and she asked mom, she asked Jennifer, mommy, do all men cheat? Mm -hmm. And at that point, Jennifer was like, what the fuck? And so the fact that Marge asked, brought this to the forefront, like, I'm sorry. Every time I see Marge, it's on motherfucking site. 
on site all the time until I feel that you have paid for your your debt to my family business being out there because it wasn't out there until you said that shit. So it's on site all day. That's how I feel about it. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad to see Jen and Bill at some capacity talking about this with a therapist. I wish he had more to provide or say or and I even go into the whole details of what happened but just maybe give his perspective of you know why he felt that he needed to or there was something he was possibly missing you know they had it was what their third child or fourth child that this happened and granted I mean yes she was pregnant you know but people do things for a reason mm -hmm. you know so it would be definitely interesting to hear his perspective of why he felt he had to step out while his wife was pregnant I would just love to hear that Mm -hmm. I, I think more importantly, Jen needs to hear that um, because <laughs> she clearly is still holding on to a lot of anger and hurt yeah. from uh, that particular situation. So uh, hopefully, you know, counseling works for now. Yeah, I hope they get it together. But we also see the charity baseball game. So it was, you know, Real Housewives of Jersey cast playing against the, these doctors from some clinic or hospital out there in Jersey. And Dolores... They abused the calendar of the hot men. Now, so out of all the husbands on this show for Jersey and who did the calendar, who do you think was the hottest big? Uh, easily for me, it was uh, Jackie oh, Goldschneider's oh, husband. Yes, easily. <laughs> all them other niggas is red. Uh, they look, they're sunburned and oily. Like, these men, to me, are not an attractive lot. Like, they're just not. They literally all look like tomatoes. <laughs> and that is not, like, that is not my thing. Um, but what about you? Um, I would, I agree with you. I think, uh, I agree with you. I Evan. I can't, Evan. Evan was definitely hot there. Now, Evan, regular, you know, he's he's a white guy, kind of like type of that. I like white guys of that type. It's like, oh, they're attractive. But this photo with him with the basketball, I was like, oh, okay, Evan, I see you. But I would have said, because Frank, I like Frank a lot. I think Frank is definitely, Ooh. he's, <laughs> I think Frank is definitely like a man's man. And, and so I thought his picture was really cute with the, the bunny ears and Easter. So that was fun. Mm. But that sold money. They sold out. It was a very successful event. Speaking of Frank, we come to find out during, I don't know how they're playing baseball and having these side conversations, but we find out that. Frank really is having an issue, a hard time with um, Dolores' new boo, Polly. Yes, he his issue is that he hasn't seen much and spent as much time with Dolores as he has in the past. And to his point, he feels like Polly is coming in and changing the family dynamic. Because although they've been divorced for years, Dolores even went on to say, that their dynamic didn't change at all after they divorced, other than the fact that they stopped being intimate. But they still always spent time together. It was always a tight family unit with their two kids. You know, he, for a moment in time, they all still lived in the same house. Yeah. And Polly's come around and said, uh, I'm your nigga now. You gotta go. <laughs> Which is completely understandable. I mean, yes, there are some people that can be friends with their exes and things can be copacetic but I mean it's also another to like really be involved in each other's lives and I and I don't think that Polly 
is the type to appreciate that. Where it seems Frank's new girlfriend, she's all for it. She's fine with it. Well, she's been there for years also. And she also gets cameos on The Real Housewives of New Jersey. So I can see why she'd be like, yeah, no, it's cool. (laughs) We going to see Dolores today. (laughs) But I also think that because Dolores has had other men, at least one man she was involved with for several years, and him and Frank had a good dynamic. I think he understood the position that Frank had. Like, this is still his family. Granted, they're divorced, but the core, the nucleus of it is, is family, and they very much love that value together. And like Dolores said, yeah, you know, she set this up. So it's kind of like you kind of have yourself to blame at, at, at a point with this dynamic and having Frank being because Frank was probably catered to a lot you know what I'm saying and so and but also Dolores also reaped the benefits of that right like the house she's like Frank I want my house done I want this so it was definitely a beneficial relationship Mm -hmm. for the both of them but Mm -hmm. now now she has a man and this man is like okay well I don't really give two shits about that but you kind of have to care about that you have to care about the relationship and I feel like maybe if the man would have sat down and had a or even Frank, like, you know, let's have a conversation. I know you're about to be involved with her. I have, we have two children. Yes, they're adults, but we still have a family unit. And so I would just hope that you respect it or our dynamic, or I'm not trying to step on your toes. Like, I know that's your woman, but just, I think, have a man to man conversation. And I don't think that ever happened based off what we've been seeing as viewers. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be a nice thing to happen, maybe if they had. But see, the thing is, I the reason why I don't think it has happened because. Those kids, they ain't kids. They're adults. They've moved out. So it's like you don't really have that common thread or that nucleus that warrants constant visitation or constant, you know, Dolores and Frank being around each other other than just being friends. No, the kids live with Dolores. They still live in the house with Dolores. The last time she got the house done, they were both living there. So they still but I mean, they're still like adults. No, they're, they're adults, right? Minors, but but they're still it's like okay. You have visitation. You have to come over. Like it's like you can go see your daddy. You can get in your own car. Even if you live here, you can still get in your own car and go see your father. Like it's not something where it's like, well, if you're gonna be around my kids, I need to know who you are. No, no, I, no I'm not saying that. But I, I I hear what you're saying. I'm just looking at. I guess again, the dynamics that they had was so beneficial for each other. It was a yin and yang, and so. Yes. Do you need to have free will walking into Dolores' house and Paulie's there? Absolutely not. Like, no. But if they're having a family dinner or something, like, they, and if they had it for 20 some odd years, you now want to change up the routine yes. to this new dude. Like, <laughs> yes. it's just, I don't know. I just, I yes. think there's conversations that had to be had on all parts of that. And especially with the fact that if you have, if you have a good relationship with my girlfriend, right, which Dolores has with Frank's girlfriend, like that, that probably was difficult at first, but now it's an amazing situation. So it's just about it's just about really respecting the family nucleus and origin of everything. I just think that Pauly should have a conversation with Frank or vice versa, you know, because they're in, they're in each other's life. It's, it, they are going to be in each other's life for a long time until them kids are gone or they gone off the scene. That's just what it is. I agree with Dolores and Frank just needs to knock it off. Like, just knock it off. No one needs to appease your ego or make, like... But how is that appeasing his ego? It's just Because about- there doesn't need to be a sit-down. There doesn't need to be a conversation. Yes, they can be respectful and cordial, but Frank and Polly don't need to be best friends. No one's saying it that. Doesn't, but you brought up the fact that Dolores' ex was really cool. The doctor was Yeah, really they cool had that Frank. before. That And that don't need to happen again. And right, I, think I hear that. Frank 
I think that's the disconnect with Frank. It's like, because he was so close with Dolores' ex, that meant that he could still always kind of be over and kind of still get his Dolores time and, I forget his name, but still have time with the ex. But Paul is like, I'm here for Dolores. <laughs> like, he's literally only here for Dolores, which is perfectly fine. Like, it doesn't need to be a combo pack, a two-fur. <laughs> Two-for-one. It doesn't have to be, especially when the kids are adults. Right, I just think kids. that, I think Dolores so is... nothing is old and nothing, I don't, I don't feel know. like I think she's not telling happen. the full truth about everything. I feel like she still calls on Frank for oh, shit. See, now you make it just... No, 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 no. <laughs> what I'm saying is because people feel a certain way because of something. I feel like, you know, granted, she's, again... As much as Frank used her, she used him the same way. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's just a difficult... I think it's it's a difficult... Yes, if you set up boundaries, that's fine. But after 20-some-odd years trying to set boundaries, like, let's let's be real. Like, no, the people real have a difficult time with that. The real conversation is what need is Dolores fulfilling in Frank that his new girlfriend is not? That's the new conversation. It's not about a need. No, it it's is. About if he if he's missing something, that means he needs something. No, that I don't think. I don't think hit. absolutely not. I think so that that's, that's the mother. Missing, of his... You're you're saying he can miss something, but not necessarily want anything from that. No, I think they had a friendship. I think they have. I think he's missing. So to come to your point, he's missing his friend. He's missing her. They had a friendship. They both use each other for some benefit of something, whether she wanted something as far as financial or um, uh, manual labor, whatever Frank was was there doing that. She knows she can count on Frank. Vice versa, Frank, can he, he can count on her for X, Y, and Z. You know what I'm saying? I think he's missing his friend, period, just the friendship that they have. And that's now changing because of this that relationship, which is fine if you put boundaries in place, but it's just, it's just going to take time. It's just... He's just having a difficult time understanding that whole situation in the process. And all I'm saying as far as conversations of, of Paulie and him having... I mean, you can't just... Yeah, you knew on the block, but you, you, that's something for 30, 30 years. Like, let's be real. Like, that's not an easy thing to just switch up a routine after 30 some odd years being with somebody. Whether together, they're not together. They're not whether with, together or not. But you, still a friendship. You still, someone. but you still had a friendship. You still had a nucleus. You still had a, a dependent relationship of a French. Whether it's friendship, it's not sexual. It was still there. So you can't just all of a sudden. I got a new man. You need to. You need to act accordingly. That don't a nigga like me ain't gonna work that way. We are gonna have conversations. But see that and I, I feel that's not old to Frank. That's not old to Frank. It's not about being old. It's about it is. It's not about being old. No, it's not. Also, it's not about being like so prideful where you feel like this is my territory. This it is mine. This is mine. It's not saying that. It's saying not his. It's not saying that. It's saying we had a friendship. Regardless, this nigga, this nigga, Paul could be on next next week. He could be out your life. He do some fuck shit. He's gone. I'm a consistent. I've been a consistent in your life. I'm the father of your children. We have a... Our marriage fucking sucked, but we have a good relationship. So that's a consistent that's there. You had a friendship. You're not developed to a friendship. That's a consistent. We have kids who we are... We co-parent together. That's a consistent. I introduced people in my life. You did the same thing. We've had a good situation. We've been in this before. We still had a friendship. Now... Your new dude have an issue with certain things. This nigga just got here. We didn't have a conversation. So, one, I'm so we can continue our friendship the way we have it. You want to change the game up? Okay, cool. But that's it's going to be new to me. 
This is a new situation. Yeah, so that's so, it, And therefore, a conversation has to be had. I'm sorry. That's that's just how, <laughs> that's how I feel. It has, the conversation has to be had. It's out of respect. It's out of who you are to my life. You're the, my children, children's father. Yes, they're adults, whatever, what have you. But again, Dolores will be who she is without Frank, and Frank will be who he is without Dolores. Let's just call it spade to spade. So that's how I see it. You see it differently. Agree, disagree. But, you know, that's Frank and Dolores shit. And that essentially is the episode. So, uh, moving on to, do you have anything else to say about Jersey? No, I'm with Jersey. Okay. So, Married at First Sight this week was the one month anniversary for all of the couples, and well, all the couples that are remaining, that we care of about? course. Oh, um, as there are only four out of five, but there are only a few couples that actually are worth discussing because it was kind of like a light filler episode this week. But let's specifically touch on Jasmine and Eris. So do we have to? Because well, they're the only we already know we, they're the going. only couple that had anything going this week, honestly, or at least had us uh, strike up a conversation about them. I really want to know what is it about Jasmine that is turning. Eris off because he just looking at him his demeanor how he looks physically he strikes me as the type where he just won't turn down pussy so the fact that he is <laughs> vehement, vehemently turning it down every week from Jasmine and he keeps and he knows that she's in so she's like throwing it at him according right. to him he she's really 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 in him but it's like, okay, what, and not to, <laughs> I'm not trying to victim shame or victim blame or anything, but like, do you think she got a stinky pussy? Like, do you think that like on the anniversary, like he got a whiff and was like, oh no. Like for me, it Not her be, pH balance is off. For me, like what is the reason? Because she's a beautiful girl. Yeah. In my opinion, she, I haven't even seen the chicks that he's messed with in the past but I could just feel my spirit is telling me that she is an upgrade from what he's probably right. encountered so it's like what gives what is the issue really well he's a swap me nigga and I couldn't figure out the the term until the other day I was like he's a swap me nigga and if you know what the swap me is friends out there the swap me is a place you go for discounted shit or cheap shit or fake shit um, at low, low, low prices. Okay, primarily people go to the swap meet for t-shirts, socks, you know, some things like that. But some people buy some quote air quote designer shit from there. So all that to say, to answer your question, he just swap me that nigga. He's just whack. I yes, I think that you're right. Um, he doesn't look like the type that has turned down shit. And he also had mentioned that he mentioned the fact that uh, what orgies, even the orgies and. He brags about he would just have sex without love. So I can buy, I would be able to buy his story of his um, excuse being, I'm not trying to have meaningless sex. If he didn't brag about the origins and shit and how good his sex game is. Mm -hmm. I can digest that better. But when you say all this other shit, it deters from that. So I don't think that's the truth. Maybe she she may have something down in the kitty cat area that may not be appeasing to him. Who knows? But that's a good question that, that needs to be kind of asked. 
from one of the experts. Or is he into white women? Like, I'm honestly trying to figure out what what it is because on paper she is a beauty queen like yeah. she's got crowns like for me like if i were a straight man that would turn me on i'm like oh shit i got a uh a baddie. i got a baddie i got a people have voted on <laughs> her being said. pretty yeah the people have said <laughs> like that would make me more interested in someone if i you know my attraction was a little wavering or whatever i'm just trying to make it make sense and he is not saying what he needs to say. Well, you can't make sense with crazy, and clearly he's uh, clearly he's crazy. I think that he's just—I don't know. I—I I, really—I don't know. I don't even have the words to put to him why he would have this thought process. Oh, what about her? He's not attracted to. If he's saying, okay, she got small boobs, or she's not as thick, or yeah, curvy. He's, he's mentioned she's not like he likes bigger butts, but it's like, okay. Uh. But she could like, okay, I like taller men. And see, what I need for her to stop doing is stop saying I'm attracted to him. Like, granted, she may be, but at some point, okay, well, if motherfucker's saying he don't want to fuck with you or sleep with you, like, wouldn't that turn you off? I, yes. I wouldn't be telling people I'm still attracted yeah. to him. Attracted to him, I'd be like, okay, like I, I think he's attractive, but now you know, and not being but hurt about it, but I think when she see this shit play back, baby, she gonna have some words for this ass because he's he says some kind of borderline disrespectful shit about her. I think, in my opinion, what did he say? Just the fact, like you know, um, you know, she, she know I'm a ten, but I think she's like a four or five. Oh or yeah, that you know, so shit like that. But I'm, I'm really excited for next week episode when she talks about her self-love and having to get, and get into a place and now the person who's supposed to be for her is saying he's not attracted to her so I think the page may be turning for her to be like you know what let me yeah, kind of I mean, get off this fucking boat you know I'm what I'm saying over it. in uh, next week Dr. Pepper the experts will actually be in the same room as these fucking people and not just you know in the uh, interviews. So hopefully that will make a difference and we'll at the very least get some answers from his ass because he's got some explaining to do. Lucy, you got some explaining to do. Um, but other than that, <laughs> we had Nicole and Chris, which are still the most adorable Our couple on the, on the history of this show that I hope they make it and have lots of babies. And Now, so we saw Nicole's dad come over and he brought the other dog, Charlie, I want to say, yeah, to Nicole play with dog. his brothers. So uh -huh. they had that. And he took Nick, Chris. Chris, thank you, on the balcony and had a conversation and basically was telling him, like, you know, <clears throat> granted, you're a nice guy, but stand your ground. Like, don't let her run you over or be, in your, be, be solid in your stance and who you are and she will respect that and don't just be a yes man basically basically but he also mentioned he said he needs to get some big dick energy now that was kind of comical looking at her daddy saying some shit like that what do you think about what the father said about Chris needs to get some big dick energy you know a lot of people have insinuated that she is going to run over him or her personality may be too much and he has to have a backbone I haven't seen it yet I think that Nicole is that way with other people, friends and family. But okay. from what I've seen and from how she's 
um, explain how her past relationships have gone. I think she's like a a fair like a, a wallflower almost in relationships. Like it almost seems like she how she presents herself to the general public, friends and family is not how she is in a relationship. Um, because she talks about in the beginning how, you know, guys have taken advantage of her and, you know, her uh, physical appearance and shit. She was sensitive about that. Right. Like, it seems like she goes very um, subservient to her her men. And I feel like with this relationship with Chris, he is, you know, more of the sensitive soul. So I think she's going to have to be a little bit of, or she has been a little bit of that spice that people have constantly warned him about, but not to that extent. Right. I think she's only have, I think she's only ever been with Chris, like an actual level-headed, sweet, compassionate, grounded person. So <laughs> all that with her neuroses coming out also, because we started to see when they showed the one month, um, video of the wedding. Well, their woman gift, which is their video of the wedding, she started to be critical of herself. She started but to But yeah, that it. was still directed to her. Uh, no, it was to herself, but no, what I'm saying is, and my point is, is that Chris was starting to see her unravel, and she has negative thoughts about herself, and, and, and her body dysmorphia. So not to take away from that, because body dysmorphia is a real thing. I know personally about that. But I think she just, I think He's like, okay, at some point, this can get old. Like, this can... And he encouraged her, but like, you know, hey, like, you look fine, you look great. But she plays that tape over and over in her head, and she's very self-critical. Um, so I just said that to say, I think, at some point, he may get tired of, of that type of image that she's displaying out there, but... But how does that? It does. I'm just talking about the whole situation. <laughs> like, that, like I was no, trying to stay on the topic and on point, but like that's what I was, what I was saying. Like a lot of the advice that he's being given by people, and like he was being given at the wedding reception, it doesn't necessarily Not pertain to her in relationships. I think they're giving friend and family advice with while. In reality, she's like a different person in relationships. But yeah. that's them. Um, and that's all I really care about this week. Uh, Gina well, and Clint, uh, they actually seem like they're getting to a better place. Yeah, they had some oxtails <laughs> um, together. And he also asked if she has she ever eaten a camel. And she felt like she doesn't want to have dinner conversations with him about food because he mentions random as animals that he's eaten so um that's that was kind of cute but this is very i think helpful for them to be in a good space they seem like they're in a good place right now yeah it actually seems like she's staying over so um that's a w for them uh kirsten and shaquille kirsten is um irritating annoying and insufferable at this point because she is kind of talking in circles and in my opinion, gaslighting Shaquille. <laughs> She's like, you Baby. need to do more of this and this. And all the while, um, She's barely speaking to him when he's around. Saying anything. He's like, what, like, what are you talking about? Like, I asked you how your day is. And she, I think she's been the girl who has had men just always cater to her. 
and yeah, kind of the southern belle. Her, yeah, and so she's used to that type of dynamic and to that role, and that's fine if you want to do that, but just know that everyone doesn't subscribe to that, yes, and yes, yes. he's definitely not subscribing to that. He's like, okay, listen, like, yeah, he's like, girl, I'm the prize too. Like that's the energy he's giving off. Like, bitch, you ain't the only the motherfucking prize. I'm, I'm here too. I got big click energy. You know what I'm saying? So he's trying to. Yes. Set his dominance in the situation, I think, in their relationship. And honestly, I don't think that it's just going to work. I think. Well, yeah, clearly. (laughs) Clearly, it's not going to work for them. Yeah, I just think that they just need to have a conversation because he's also feeling one like, you're not showing me any affection. Like, you rub my head, okay, that's cute, at the dinner table, at the dinner table with the other couples. But I don't want. Who wants to walk up to somebody and want to try to give you a kiss or embrace you and you don't you've never kissed me before. You don't show yeah. me no type of affection, but you want me to to, to still cater and do yeah, things to you. Still, like you fucking crazy, bro. She's still demanding or actually uh insisting that he do more, even though he, she's giving him even less like negative. She's like giving him negative. She's like, You're out of five, I need you out of ten. Meanwhile, she's giving negative two. It. She's the, she's the type of bras that be like, I need him to make six figures, and he got to be 6'4", and no kids, but yet she got 4,000 kids. She barely got his credit score of 500. Like, she's that type of delusional type of thinking yeah. that a lot of people have about something. It's like, no, no one's going to cater to your shit. Like, what would the fuck up? If you don't like him, say you don't like him. If you want to know something about you, tell him. Like, this is what the show is about. It's not just about him trying to pry all this shit from you and try to give you all the because you want to. I need to feel needed. I need to feel wanted. Yeah. Well, niggas want it for the same way too. So. Well, that's married at first sight. Oh, plug real quick, you guys. So listen, we talk shit about married at first sight America because it's trash. If you want some real good married at first sight, UK at lifetime on Thursday nights at nine o'clock is. The shit. We are about what three episodes in thus no, far before. And we want to discuss and disseminate that show. So if you guys are friends of the pod and you are watching Married at First Sight UK or you want to catch up on it this past this coming weekend and we can talk about it, let us know on our IG page at oh that's my gay friend. So we can take a tally to see who's gonna watch it because I have major things I want to talk about. This show is so sexy. The people are so much better. This story moves along. Their relationships move along. And we're only in four episodes. It's much more elevated. Whereas America Married at First Sight, you can tell it's catered towards like middle America audience. Right. Things are a bit more, you know, humble and smaller. And it's a lot of family when you really don't give a fuck about them and they don't matter towards the end of things. Where Married at First Sight UK is all about the couples, all about the couples interacting with each other. Yes. It is very much so like a social experiment mixed with. It's like Married at First Sight meets The Circle meets, you know, the Love other. Is blind. Love is Blind. Yes. It is. It's so sexy. It's shot totally different. It's just sexy. We have gay couples on there. We have a lesbian couples on there. We have, we have a stripper. Couples. We have an older couple. We have a stripper. Like, we have people who are very well-versed and interesting characters that you want to know and root for. And it just, again, it moves so much faster than Married at First Sight America because 
a lot less slow-mo shots. It's so, crazy. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so let us know if you guys are interested in that. We can talk about that on our upcoming episodes. So right now, let's shift it a little bit. Let's change some gears for this drag race of Miss RuPaul. All right. So last week, or this week rather, the girls had a bubbly comedy roast special where they had to break off into teams of two and give a tight comedy set, um, basically bouncing you know jokes off of one another. So essentially, this is this season's uh, roast challenge because there's always you know like there's always a ball, right? Always you know iconic uh, challenges. This is the roast challenge for this season and the winner or winners were actually Lux Noir London and Lucy Laduca um, RuPaul uh, granted them both as a winner she yes. didn't choose just one and eliminated was Marsha 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 who had to go up against Anitra which was actually the single best lip sync of the season. Baby, when we watched this, were we, we were home. We didn't go out to we the bars. Home. Yeah. I was like, I know the kids in the bars are going up for this shit. That damn lip sync for your life was, like you said, the best of all season. And I saw a video from Heart, their uh, IG page, and the kids live when Anitra hopped over, flipped over Marsha, uh, Marsha, Marsha, as Marsha was doing a. A bridge handstand like this shit was epic this was the first time I think Rue was actually excited for a lip sync he actually showed facial and gave commentary as the girls were doing this no, shit it was, it was the first exciting lip sync for your life all season and I think that Anitra really secured her spot in the top four in my opinion uh, especially if it is going to be you know a lip sync uh, style final four the way they the way that they have done it in the past, right? And so, but what, what I love is that Marsha showed up and showed out because a lot of people think Marsha's a pretty girl, you know, young twink, and you know she does ballet. But Mama came, what like she was walking, she was she was walking and doing things like she was from a house, like she surprised the hell out of me, and I was just so sad to see that you know she's one of my faves but marsha 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 is now gone 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 <laughs> um and I, I i mean i think it's for the best i know when we were watching in the moment we we're both like oh this is going to be a double, double save. Uh, a double save but i mean thinking about it it i kind of see where rue was like okay no you can go because realistically what more could marsha have shown us like if she did a double save she probably would have gone next week anyway because it's like how much more which I, I would have been okay with that because again this was the most electrifying lip sync of all season I mean we know what Anitra could do but we didn't know Marsha can do all of that and Marsha kept up and held her own with the song so you know I was I was here for it it was it was fabulous so but that's real we can't wait we have now what uh, are we at five girls now or six no we're at six I believe so six of these hoes, um, maybe next week's a double elimination. So we can move on to this grand finale. So we can wrap this shit up. <laughs> this was, yeah, this has been a season that needs to be wrapped up, to say the least. 
So and just give Sasha her crown. Like give Sasha Kobe the crown, the two hundred thousand dollars, because Mama eats every episode. I am a little concerned that they're giving her too many wins too soon. Why? Because I mean, re- like this is RuPaul. They're going to pull a stunt, and like typically, you know, if you win so frequently you don't get the crown ask Shay Coulee during her original season she went into that finale with the most wins and Sasha pulled out them roses and there went her hopes and dreams <laughs> so I'm just I'm just hoping that you know Sasha being the constant performer and professional she's got a trick or two up her sleeve just in case you know these producers oh, that's try to go burn. She got she got the tricks I hope I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed because this is truly I don't have it. First Angela Bassett, I don't have another heartbreak in me. No heartbreak if, hotel for you. Yeah, I don't have another heartbreak <laughs> in me. If Anitra uh, heartbreak. Yeah, doesn't hotel. get this award. But that is RuPaul's Drag Race. Moving on, we have a new show that we're going to talk about, and hopefully it won't be for long because we're approaching. <laughs> we can't have a episode. We're not having a long, but we got to talk about this SWV and escape the queens of R and B. Baby, did y'all watch the episode? So, first two episodes have uh, came out already, and a lot has been put out there for us to talk about. And discuss. A whole lot has been put out there, but we'll talk about episode one. We don't want to, or we can, I guess, talk about I both. Mean, we can talk Come about both. The, yeah, combination. Essentially. essentially there's a common thread yes, in common, both yes. these episodes. Yes. And so, listen, so 1992, Jesus, 93, XWV comes out. Okay? In the beginning. Sister with Voices, 1993, they come out with their album. Three years later, 1995, here comes Escape with their album. Okay? These two iconic groups have been killing the R&B game and have millions of fans and we love all their music. And so, Versus together, and we all went crazy. It was, I want to say, 2001, 2000, no, 2001. When? I'm sorry, shit. 2021. We need to wrap this up because we're both getting sleepy. <laughs> no, the voice verses happened. It was Mother Day week, Mother's Day weekend, and killed it. And they were trying to ride off of the steam of that show to like, we should do a tour together. So, because it really was a renaissance for both of their, both of the group's careers. Yeah. The uh, the verses. Yeah, SWV has five albums. Think Escape has four albums out, and so you know we were here for it. And so the girls, Lily, Taj, they were like, you know what? Let's let's get this together. Let's talk to Candy and Tiny, and they do all that, and they come up with a one show situation that should have turned into an entire tour. The one show would have been in, was in Ontario, California, and so the girls are trying to get this together the lineup however there's some problems in some of the groups so swv they've had issues in the past we've seen their reality shows on we tv we know issue coco has she always didn't want to see lee they always had some issues but they would always get the bag secure the situation and they've worked it out to a place where they can come together work do their job and go their separate ways after the bag has been collected. Right. So the contention is not amongst SWV. Not them. They are the 
uh, veterans vets. at this. They they know what they need to do and how much money in the bag that they can get. The problem is escape. Baby, so escape has always had some type of tension, especially with members between Candy and Latasha, uh, Candy and Tamika. At some point, Tiny has been consistent. Tiny ain't really fuck with nobody. Tiny's always been on both sides when people were at odds. Although her and Candy said they had one incident before they almost fought, but that was it, you know. But for the most part, she's Switzerland. For the most part, Switzerland, yes. And so, Candy and Tamika made up because there was some rumors Tamika told about Candy on 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 radio station years ago. She apologized in public. They're good now. Latasha and Tamika and Candy issue is Candy always. Latasha always felt Candy was always having an issue with her singing lead and vice versa. And it was just, they're just oil and water. At the end of the day, you know, you have the person you just, for some reason, y'all just can't yes. get, you can't get along and you just know, I just don't want to fuck with you, but I can work with you and leave it at that. So, but Latasha being, she, can we, will we say, and I want to rock with me on this. So Latasha, if you think about Escape, you think Latasha's voice. You think she's the lead singer, but all the girls sing lead on a lot of these songs. And a lot of when Candy broke some shit down, Candy sung lead a lot on their first and second album. Yes. And so it's kind of like it's, it's very interesting when people think of Escape. Though I've heard these conversations, people say, "Oh, Latasha's the voice. Latasha's the voice." But I mean. I would arguably say while Latasha hasn't sung the most leads as Candy, Latasha is the best voice. So that's easy to. Oh, easy. absolutely! I so agree with that. So that's easily to you can easily say Latasha is the voice because I would say I still say it. Latasha is the voice of Escape for me. Right. No, I'm just. But I'm. I'm saying. I said that for a point. So as her now, she you know and didn't do her solo career, and so she has you know it looks visibly on screen she has a chip on her shoulder about something. Long short, come to find out, she's like, you know, her and her sister have some type of beef. There's situations going on. They haven't been talking. Well, we come to find out as we go to their mother's house, Mama G house. And this, I'm combining first and second episode together. But comes to find out, they go to their, their mother's house to, because mom, their mom was like, y'all need to talk, y'all sisters, X, Y, and Z. But Tamika always feels, their mother always takes Latasha's side. She's like, uh, since childhood, she's always done that, which was interesting because the mother actually mouthed on the camera, she's jealous of you. To, to Latasha. About Tamika. Tamika. As Tamika got up and said, the mother mouthed something behind Tamika's back, which was like, that's not a good look because you're, you're playing favorites with your children. That's never good. And, but Tamika was so fucking tired of this shit. So she put a secret that was out that she never talked about, nor told her husband about. And it secret was that her sister stole her fucking money. $30,000. $30,000 US dollars. That's a lot of money. So what'd you think about that? I thought it was disgusting. And I believed every word of it. Because just watching the interaction between Tamika, uh, Dasha, and their mom, how their mom was completely biased towards Tasha. Absolutely. It made me believe, oh. And, and, and furthermore, once Tamika brought this up and her mom was like, what money she stole from you? She immediately said, cameras, y'all gotta go. Because <laughs> shit was getting too real. Said, and, gotta go, baby. And things are starting to be divulged about her favorite daughter yes. that we see is her favorite daughter. It was... 
it made my heart break for Tamika because one, you have this family that is clearly gaslighting you, clearly abusing you emotionally, and it's just not, it's not okay. And I want the viewers to hear from Tamika in her own words, because this is not allegedly, this is what she said that happened. So let's go. Where I just felt like, I just felt attacked. And the only way I could come out of that attack is to say, okay, you say all these lies about me on TV. Let's talk about the truth. Let's talk about you stealing money from me and I, forg I forgave you. I would have never brought it up. That was years ago. I never brought it up. I never got paid back. I had to pay taxes on it. And I hid it from my husband. So guess what? My husband knows now. So he's sitting here probably like, dang, I can't even trust you. So your, your sister them stole? Because he's like, okay, our taxes are going crazy right now. What's going on with the taxes? I'm lying to my husband protecting my sister. Never got the money back and had to pay taxes on the money. The only thing my mama said was, you don't know what she was going through at that time. That's what she said to me. It just got to the Baby, now listen. I'm that's mess. I'm here for the mess. It's unfortunate because it is sibling and family situation, but like you said, I believe Tamika a thousand percent. A thousand percent. And especially because Candy knew the story, Tiny knew the story and what the situation was. They had royalties from other music and Tiny's mother applied for whatever the royalty situation was and she did it for all of the girls and but somehow Tamika check went to Latasha's house or something in that effect mm -hmm. allegedly. Mm -hmm. And when Tiny's mother asked all the girls, like, watch your money. Tamika's like, what money are you talking about? So that's how she found out. And then showed the investigation, emails, allegedly. And that's how she found out her sister and her husband, Rocky, yeah. stole the money. So, allegedly. It is heartbreaking. It is disgusting. And you can watch the show and just... You looking at the way Tasha conducts herself, and more importantly, the way her husband conducts himself, you just believe every word Tamika says. <laughs> and the way that their mom handles herself in the situation, yeah. you're just like, damn, I can see why I honestly can see why Tasha is distancing herself now, and she's probably going to do it even more so after she sees this episode. These oh, episodes, absolutely. because it's like you can't come back from that. Like, you can't lie about what is clearly being shown um, in front of your eyes. But watching Tasha, it it is it brought a thought to my head, and I have mentioned it to you. I feel like her relationship with her husband is very reminiscent of Wendy Williams and Big Kev. Absolutely. Where, you know, we saw the Wendy Williams biopic and the documentary yes. of how you have this woman that grew up probably overweight or just not feeling attractive or not feeling, you know, her self-esteem just wasn't there. And then comes this man that fills her cup and makes her feel, you know, the way that she's always wanted to feel. So she follows him blindly and it kind of hurts, you know, her career and her reputation. I think a lot of that is happening with Tasha right now. Like her husband is... <coughs> fucking up her bag but she can't see past how he makes her feel right and the fact that she still wants a solo career which is great and admirable and you know a gospel career and and all those things and she felt that candy again stole something from her or <laughs> has something to do with her not putting her album out which is just kind of crazy and ludicrous so 
Uh, yeah, so that's SWV and Escape. You guys, listen, there will be more drama with them, and we will, we will be here to report all of the shit, have a kiki, and all the shade of it all. So. Oh, but wait, before we go, really quick, this is going to be a good precursor to next week's uh, episode. Who do you think should be the headliner of a joint tour between SWV and Escape? Because clearly the girls of Escape, especially Candy, feel like they should be the headliner. Coco. Baby, Coco said, I sold 30 minute records, bitch. To the point where it had us do some Google the Smuggler to look at who sold more. So my opinion is whoever sold more records should be the headliner. And ladies and gentlemen, we're going to give you the numbers. So... Let's start off with Escape. We Well, sorry. Let's go off with SWV. We already know Coco said they sold 30 million records. Give or take 5 million. So, let's say 27. So, according to Wikipedia, SWV has sold more than 25 million records worldwide, making them one of the best-selling girl groups of all time. One of the best. All right. And how many records has Escape sold? According to Wikipedia... Escape has sold more than 9 million records worldwide. So this is SWV tour featuring Escape. I would That's I would aggressively say so. The end. Uh, similar to the way <laughs> SWV won the verses. Yes. They should win the top billing. Yes. Headliners, SWV. Because Coco said, I'm not opening for no bitch. Like, <laughs> admit that. And I feel especially, that all day. Especially, I mean, Escape. Because, yes, while they have specific members more relevant to pop culture right now currently right. than Candy and Tiny. It's like this is about the music. Yes. Like this is about the catalog. The catalog. Like Billboard.com named SWV the winner of the verses between them two. Like there are official <laughs> there's official <laughs> titles. Plans, <laughs> uh, you know, that has proclaimed SWV low key the better group. And it's no shout out. We love them both. We love them both. Love them both equally. But numbers don't lie. Yeah. So, yes. So I think we're in agreement. Stay tuned for that. Yeah. We are, <laughs> yes. Headliners SWV featuring Escape on their show. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, uh, tune in, you guys, next week for that. Uh, husband, what is your, who is your bestie of the week? My bestie of the week goes to Candy because she did an impeccable job breaking down. All of the drama of these past two episodes on her YouTube. So make sure you go and check that out. It was her candy speak on it. Type that in on YouTube and she'll give you a good old uh, die. She has diagrams and shit. (laughs) If she break that shit down, my left idea down. (laughs) Here's how the group lose two million (laughs) dollars. Clear and concisely. Who's your bestie? Yes, she did. I concur with that one. Oh my God. Um, But my, my bestie of the week goes to Jennifer from housewives of Jersey because she's finally standing in her truth and letting her voice be heard about how things have affected her and especially she's fighting for her kids and wanting her family to be whole and she's keeping the pressure on margaret's neck that's why she is my bestie of the week so yeah all right friends well thank you for another wonderful episode of oh that's my gay friend listening tuning in with us and you guys know, follow us on Oh That's My Gay Friend on IG or any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at oh that's my gay friend at gmail.com. 
and make sure that you guys leave five stars as well as comments on all of the platforms uh google anchor but most importantly um Apple Podcasts, because that is how people find us and we get new listeners. Yes. So Spotify also, you guys put the comments and stars if you like us or if you don't like us, let us know. and We can tell us what can be helpful for us. We're very open to criticism. So until next time, friends. Bye, bye friends. friends. Today's episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend is brought to you by the letter A. Hey, listen. Did y'all really think we were going to teach you guys something? (laughs) This podcast is just to have a kiki with my husband. Tune in next Friday for an all new episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend. Follow us on Instagram at Oh, That's My Gay Friend or email us your questions at Oh, That's My Gay Friend at gmail.com. Until then, see you next time, friends.